When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tuesday, March 16th. Last night, I didn't get a final rose from The Bachelor, but I did get a final notice that my car's warranty is about to expire. Let's take a long walk to Cleveland. What's happening, everybody? This is a long walk to Cleveland. I am Rudy Povich. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Find me on Instagram at Rudy underscore Povich or on Facebook or on Twitter. All the same handle. What's going on? So the last couple of days. Oh, first off, I want to talk about this in just a moment. An icon from the 2000s covers an icon for the ages. You'll find out in just a moment. But first, a couple things been going on recently. If you kind of go back and you start, like, looking around, what day would that have been? Uh, 311 day, right? We talked about it on this show. So 311 day, March 11th, 311. Makes sense, right? Two days after that is 313, 313. A song title from one of my favorite bands of all time called Snot. I get that the name can be a little off-putting, a little jarring, but great music nonetheless. One and a half records. You should look those guys up. Uh, two days after that. No, d- the day after that? Yeah, the day after that. 314, Pi Day. 3.14, obviously. Apropos of the day. And you fast forward two days later. And it's 316. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't hear that stone-cold music and get all fired up, huh? Man, this stuff was great. Oh, this was like the second heyday of pro wrestling, wasn't it? Man, like, I don't think there was a person on the planet that didn't watch some sort of either WCW or WWE, man. Everybody was about it, and especially with these icons. You had The Undertaker, you had Stone Cold, you had The Rock. Not that I'm, like, uh, wanting to go down that route and do a whole podcast about wrestling. There's a whole niche of podcasts out there you can find that are all about it. I only like what I like, but it is kind of fun to go back and watch those days because it was, like, it was lawless, and it transcended. I mean, dudes like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You ask my mom who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. She can tell you. The bald guy who drinks all the beers, right? Yes, for sure. And I love that that guy has sort of parlayed that hardcore lifestyle um, into a, a lifestyle of, like, rehabilitation. And not for himself, but for others. He's got a couple of shows on TV, something like, um, you know, um, Texas ass kicking or something like that, where basically he takes a bunch of people out and they ride dune buggies with fully automatic weapons. And he who is standing last after hitting the most targets uh, wins this thing. But with it, he also sort of preaches about, hey, man, you should probably get your shit together. Be a good person. If you're fucking up, you should probably stop fucking up. And I love that about this guy. Because that guy, <laughs> I was listening to him, it was a couple of weeks ago, he was promoting another show, and he was talking about how 
he had all of these things happen to him in life that, you know, it, they just sort of like kept leading up to where he got to that position in life that, I mean, he was the biggest wrestling. I mean, that guy wasn't just a wrestling superstar. He was a superstar. He was on and in everything. And how he got there, it was just like, it was one step and he just focused on that one step until it was time to get to that next step. And it wasn't like some people shoot for the moon right away. And it's like, dude, your rocket ain't going to get you to Cleveland. Okay. You have to sort of like work your way up a little bit, man. And that's exactly what this guy did. And when he realized it was time to go, he was like, I have all this information. I have all this wealth of knowledge, all this experience. And so I'm going to start passing that on to the next generation of people that want to come up and do this and do it in a way that is not going to ruin them. Because watching some of these old documentaries about these old wrestlers, man, these guys, like, their stars faded out so quickly. These guys busted their asses to get to where they were at and it was like maybe guys in like their 30s, mid-30s, and they were just dying left and right. It's because of that. It's a really hard lifestyle. It's traveling. It's trying to keep your physique where it's – I mean, that is, that's got to be the diff- most difficult part of it is it's basically like you're on vacation. You're living out of a suitcase. And for the rest of us who go on vacation, it's we're going to plow through fast food three times a day and eat a bunch of donuts right away in the morning out of the continental breakfast at the hotel. But these guys are like having to like keep up with it. And then on top of it, you probably got a little bit of painkiller abuse going on because it is a a rough and tumble industry. So for these guys to be able to do what they do nowadays and have the knowledge of guys coming up that are like, hey, you know. Here's what your diet should look like. Here's what you do after the show. Here's what you do in between sessions. Uh, you know, in between, if you got like three days off, man, don't go on a bender. I mean, obviously, you think some people would have that mentality, but I mean, a lot of these guys, they got no wives, they got no kids, they got no husbands. So it's you're on the road, you're meeting fans, people want to drink, they want to do drugs. So to come up through the ranks like that and to have all this information to give on to the next generation, I dig it, man. So I don't look at, like, 316 Day as just, like, a day to remember, like, ass-kicking Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's a good day to remember, that, like, you can have that lifestyle when you're young. And then, luckily, we got guys like that that have come around. Let's hear that theme song again. Yeah. That can come up through the ranks and let you know exactly what it was like. And here's all of the things that you shouldn't do. Because not... Knowing what not to do is three quarters of the battle. Half the time, everybody goes, "You got to get good at it. You got to, you got to keep practicing. You got to get good. You got to know what to do." And I'm always like, "Hey, man, knowing what not to do is, I don't know. I feel like that is a bigger battle more than anything." There were a lot of like uh, bands that were. Uh, if you look at like the Metallica behind the music, those guys toured with Guns N' Roses, and I believe it was Lars Ulrich who had said. Being on that tour taught us what not to do. Jason Newstead actually said that. Now I'm thinking about it. But he was like, we saw what those guys were doing to their lives, to their careers. And if you kind of look at it, who won in that scenario? Metallica. They got more records. They got, I mean, they're selling out more shows. Guns N' Roses is still back at it. Looking forward to seeing them. But I don't know, man. If you got somebody in front of you that's sort of paving the way. I heard one of the, my favorite quotes of all time, which was, um, you know, don't take the knife out of the surgeon's hand. Well, in that same regards, if you got a surgeon in front of you showing you how to do it, listen to that guy. He's probably been there a few times. 
You know, I have a few family members that uh, shall remain nameless, but there's a couple that constantly have to throw in like their two cents on everything, but they've gone nowhere. They've done nothing. They have zero money in their bank accounts, but they always have an answer. Meanwhile, the guy who has all the answers, who's led a really good life, who's got a foundation of stability underneath him, they look at that guy and go, that guy's fucked. He doesn't know what he's talking about. They're like, no, he's not. He's actually, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's a smart guy. We should watch him. Watch what that guy is doing. Don't sit and listen to the person who's like super shiny. Usually the person with the most to say has the least information to give. That is the one thing I have found out in this life. The loudest guy at the party is the least creative, hands down. There's a couple of exceptions to the rule. You do have guys that are like an Elton John, super flashy, tons of talent. David, uh, David Bowie, once again, incredibly flashy, tons of talent. Usually, the guys that are all done up and uh, jump around a lot, <laughs> make a ton of noise, it's to cover, cover, the, cover up the lack of talent. So, if you ever end up in that scenario, be it a celebrity, you know, homemaker, family member, usually the loudest person talking the most has the least amount to say. I always remember that. Also, speaking of professional wrestling, we've gotten into this sort of small tradition of, and it just recently started, of uh, me, my brother-in-law, my sister, uh, any other family members that want to join are more than welcome to, but some ain't going to, you know, dig it, is getting together on the holidays and YouTubing old WWF matches. We watched uh, the last, was it the last time those guys got together with the Road Warriors? I think we watched the last Road Warriors match, and then that was followed up by the time Macho Man Randy Savage took back Queen Elizabeth, and they had the big thing in the ring when he, like, kicked Scary Sherry out of the ring and then brought Elizabeth back in, hoisted her up on the shoulder. Man, people were crying. I knew what was going to happen. I was filled with turkey and booze, and I was bowling my eyes out during Thanksgiving. Seriously, start that tradition. That and watch some Sharknados during the holidays, too. That's also a fun one. Uh, I was talking about a 2000 icon covering another icon for the ages. Uh, First off, Tenacious D. Man, I don't think it gets any better than the D. Not only do they have a back catalog of music that um, it it will live on. Those guys could stop making music right now, which they probably should. That last record wasn't that good. But I'm just saying they could right now. And those first two albums could just rip, especially that that first self-titled one. That thing was like groundbreaking, and it was. It's nice to see there are a couple of guys out there like um, uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name now. Let's see, there was Corey Taylor, a longtime singer of Slipknot, Stone Sour. That dude went on to do uh, Audacious P, which was his Tenacious D cover band, and then. I've always found Amy Lee from Evanescence to be an exquisite singer. I've heard some things about her just being in the business. I've heard some things about her that she can sometimes be difficult to work with. I know people that have met her and went, she's an absolute delight. There was the one time at the Billboard Awards in 2004 when her band got tired of all of her bullshit and then (laughs) decided right before they went on uh, to... Uh, do their song during the award ceremony. The band went around to the orchestra and to everybody else in the band and went, hey, we're changing the key of the song from like 
you know, whatever, from C to D, whatever it is. They didn't tell Amy, so Amy goes out there and plays the song in the key of C while everybody else is playing it in this new key. And at the end of it, you can tell she's like, wow, dude, it's live on TV. You have got to have done something pretty terrible to somebody if they're willing to sabotage an entire set on national television at the Billboard Awards. But nonetheless, I think that she's a huge talent. And it's too bad that as time has gone on, because sometimes there's a couple of people that have been able to be a part of like that that late 90s, early 2000s, new metal, that sort of rock scene. And then it just sort of pittered out for them. And there's a couple that really like started to shine and they've still been doing very well. And Amy Lee, I thought was going to be that person that could go out and do a solo thing and she could still sell a ton of records. And I imagine if she ever comes to town and plays like the state theater, if she's got a venue of like 3000, she'd probably do pretty well. I imagine the tickets would definitely sell out because she is talented and I bet she's got a legion of fans and especially fans that were young that are now growing up who have a couple of dollars in the bank account. They'd probably like to go see her. I wouldn't mind it. I don't know if I'd go back and see like a whole Evanescence thing, but if it was like Amy Lee covering Tenacious D songs. Last week, Kyle quit the band. Now we're back together. La 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 la. Misunderstanding, didn't understand. Doesn't matter. Now we're back together again. La 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 la. That's true. That's true. Ah. Couldn't split all tango and cash. That's also true. This is a song of exotic joy. We only came to kick some ass. Ah. Ah. What we gonna do with all the cash? They ah. edited that out. Smoke hash. And then we're dead. So good. And the thing that it just started out as a couple of dudes just in an apartment in, I believe it was, was it Long Beach? Where Tenacious D, I, I think it was, I know it was LA, but obviously I think specifically it was Long Beach where those guys first started. And then Jack Black goes on to do what he does, you know, with not only the movies, but then doing more music. And then Kyle Gass, that dude can shred. Watch that guy with, just go back and just watch like some of those old Tenacious D videos and just watch that guy just, but he's also had a pretty decent career. He carved out a nice little chunk of Hollywood for himself. I saw those guys play the Palace Theater in St. Paul. Uh, They were here for two nights. It was on the Apocalypse. Apocalypto, there we go, Apocalypto tour, where they came out, they had this whole like concept record of the apocalypse. They played all of that record front to back and then came out and did all the hits. And that's exactly what you got to do. I can't imagine anybody wanting to go see the D and then they play five, six songs from like maybe the first two records and then they move on and play all the, the new stuff. You'd be super angry. And remind, like I went and saw Rush, the band Rush, Canadian band, as uh, the great uh, radio broadcaster Remy Maxwell used to say, the greatest threesome of all time besides Pamela Anderson and her two best friends. 
he um he definitely opened up my eyes to that band. My uncle is also a huge fan. And I took my uncle to go see Rush. They were on the Snakes and Arrows tour. Those guys uh started out the show with Spirit of Radio though. And you're like, oh my God, you just oh, here we go, man. Yep, time for Rush. And then they played that. And then they played like eleven songs off the new record. <laughs> And you were like, all right. After like the third song that nobody knew, because people were like still cheering. They're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Okay. The first song. Okay. And then the second song off the new record that nobody knew. And then it got to the third song and people were like, Jesus, man, like what is going on here? And after like the fourth song that nobody knew off the new record, it got really quiet in the stadium. And some dude like six rows in front of us just yelled out, play some Rush. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the D was great, and uh, I wish I would have bought tickets for both nights because, from what I can understand, they came out the second night and did uh, not only all the songs that they did the first night, but then also added in a couple of extra uh, little tidbits in there because they were like, "Dude, we're you know probably not coming back this way for a while. You want to get your money's worth out of the D?" But man, crushed. Ooh, Amy Lee, Tenacious D. Super Mega Tour. How, ooh, I might be on board with that. I'm going to be all right. I'd probably spend a couple extra bucks on it. I mean, luckily, we're all getting that $1,400 from the government, which for me is immediately going back to the government to pay all the taxes on <laughs> because they had to charge me the $1,400 so that they could give me the $1,400. Nonetheless, something you can do for free. Subscribe to this podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes. I, why do I always do that? Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Stitcher, my favorite platform. You can find it on Spotify. I'm Rudy Povich. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rudy underscore Povich. Once again, thank you so much for taking a long walk to Cleveland. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.